Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and we have returned to you folks in little black boxes by two friends, Ryan and Scott. There was there was a time where we weren't in the black boxes, I seem to remember. Yes, yeah, yes. It, was, like, it was a long time ago. Maybe two weeks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think Ryan was even in my car. It was kind of weird. It was nuts. Yeah, it was nuts. I was, took him someplace. It was great. Yeah, it was delightful. <laughs> so you guys doing all right? Yeah, yeah doing great. good. Excellent. All right. I'm, I'm fucking losing my mind. I'm not, okay, I can't, I can't hold it anymore. I'm losing my mind, guys. I've started playing Subnautica. Oh, hey! No. I got 40 hours into Subnautica, and then I hit a game-breaking soft lock crash. Oh, no. And they're working on it. They know the problem, and they are. And I'm waiting for the patch. I'm oh, waiting I'm so for the sorry. patch, guys. That sucks, because that game's been out for a while. Well, Subnautica it just came out on Switch. Oh, so okay. I got it on oh okay. Switch. It's probably yeah. a Switch problem. It's, it is. This, one, this one's a Switch problem. And they just came out with the sequel, Below Zero, which I'm going to pl- get on computer, because I w- I'm going to have a computer in my living But in that game, pretty and creepy and fucking, like, engrossing? It's... it's beautiful and terrible i love Mm -hmm. it it scares me i scream Mm -hmm. like i still scream sometimes when a when when a leviathan like sneaks up on me oh wait wait till you see some of the stuff on sub-zero dude i can't wait it's really cool it's 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 some interesting iterations because i've watched people play subnautica like i wanted to hold hundreds of hours like the story of subnautica like Mm -hmm. oh yeah that's fun and i'm I'm really interested to see where they take the cover-up investigation and all that stuff that happens yep um but i know great rpg stuff here but uh <laughs> it's I'm, okay i'm, I'm role-playing a character whatever <laughs> yeah the first i screamed out loud what's more immersed than that? <laughs> i was uh, role-playing in my heart <laughs> the first time i went out at beyond the step you know to the to the no-no zone mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. beyond the ship where there's just like where your computer's like hey there might not be anything. The only thing that exists out here are microflora and megafauna. And the moment megafauna came out of her mouth, one of the ghost hammerhead things hit me like straight across the bow. I think it's called a and, ghost leviathan. A ghost it's, leviathan yeah. hit me across the bow and spun me. And I was just like, ah! <laughs> yeah, there, it is their way of saying you can't go past this zone. Oh, you can't pay, pass the zone of the game. To, what a great way to have the wall. It's like, oh yeah, it, the wall is you'll they'll fucking kill you. Like, yeah, yeah. go over there. Don't, yeah. It's not a good place. I, There's I, no I, content I, over there. I had just gotten my prawn suit. Oh, oh no! Just, I was just about to take a grappling trip across the the the, the ocean floor, punching rocks. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, that game is very pretty and very beautiful, and like especially like when you get down to like the sub, like the the, the below the surface of the the crust of the planet. Yeah, that's some good shit. I've only been I've played forty hours, and I've the, the furthest down I've been is eight hundred meters. Ooh, that is about two thirds of the maximum. Yeah, the, yeah, because the maximum is twelve hundred, as mm-hmm. is made obvious by the like. Well, here's a thing at twelve hundred that I need to get to. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, was but the, yeah, like I when when you get the sub, the sub is like that's the cyclops. A, oh, the cyclops, mm, it's so mm. good. Well, unfortunately, the game breaker is the cyclops. If oh no! Save, if you save an exit on, uh, if you save and then have an exit or a crash on the cyclops bridge, uh, your game will not load. That's like, it awful. Will crash when you try to load. That's so, terrible. 
I was oh. really worried that I had like lost my save, but it's like I immediately said, like, okay, what are the console commands? I'm gonna rebuild mm-hmm. every I'll rebuild everything. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It cheat like I, I don't have the patience for like like resource gathering. Right. Uh, so it's cheating all the way. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm doing it. This see what's good about this game is that it has all the things I like. It has a tech tree, resource gathering, but it ends. It has an mm-hmm. ending, and that's mm-hmm. what I need. Like, yeah. The problem with No Man's Sky is most of the crafting is absolutely pointless, uh, and it doesn't end. It doesn't actually end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this. Well, like apparently in No Man's Sky, uh, there's like player generated shit going on. Yeah, they do L- stuff. Sometimes. Like there's a war happening. Ooh, fun. Uh, like, like it's like a three-way faction war, and like by agreement, it's only happening in like one corner of the galaxy. So people actually have a, a, a challenging, mm-hmm. useful reason to use their ships against each other. Yep. Because there's no real point in having a decent fighter. Yeah. Very little actually. It's very like combat's non-existent, almost non-existent. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. But there's like supply chains and like industry to to f- feed the war. That's like Eve Online, but l- the light version. Kind like, of, yeah. yeah. It, it sounds it, and I would. It would be good if the frigates had like if the larger ships actually had the ability to like fire on. Maybe they do now. Maybe, the, Maybe. if someone is uh, hostile to you, they'll fire on you. But like that'd be great. <laughs> I but... wish that had been going on when I was playing a couple <laughs> a couple years ago. Oh, very cool. Anything else in your gaming? Obviously, you're probably your role playing's doing all right. Oh yeah, well we finished. We fully finished Rhyme of the Frostman as of last night. Is in like they literally got through every. They checked all boxes, got all loot, uh, left left the final zone, hmm. and so now I'm gonna have to. I've already started writing up like a storyline of cool. kind of generally Excellent. what we're gonna do. Cool. Yeah. We're gonna take this. We're gonna take it all the way to the top, y'all. We're going to twentieth level, and then we're gonna play a twentieth level a little while just to Woo-hoo. see what it's like. Just to just to be gods, just to be demigods and deal with big problems, and f- just see how the system deals with being twentieth level for more than one session. Yeah, right. Um, I played. Uh, I ran a game for Triatcon, which yeah, was how'd fun. that go? It went good. Um, uh, it, was, it was all randos. But um, it was fun. Like I, I got to test out a new scenario, mm-hmm. uh, which was sort of disaster movie oriented. Um, and then Onyx Pathcon is coming up. I don't think I'm going to run anything. I actually think I want to play in a couple of things there. And yep. I, I don't want to. I don't want to mix those uh, peanut butter and chocolate. Um, <laughs> I could. I could run something because they've actually made it fairly easy to sign up and run stuff. Um, but I'm just going to play some shit. No, it's fine, dude. Sometimes you just want to. You want to play some games. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Yeah, we're still in the phase of getting all the kittens herded for our various projects, so yep. that's still in the works, but we're getting closer. Uh, as for my gaming, uh, it is both good and very confusing, um, as I can, as Scott can attest. Uh, I have stopped running my Scion game, and I dropped out of a D&D game uh, because post-vaccine is starting to creep up and they need for some free time as well as just like existential role-playing crisis. Like, do I want to run this game? What, what does it mean to run a game? Like I really just like heavy philosophical perspectives on like that. Um, well, it is to be master and servant creator and uh, puppet. 
Predator <laughs> puppet. Not necessarily destroyer. Not necessarily <laughs> destroyer. Because uh, what is the thing that you have created? Um, yeah, no, it is all things. It is. It is. And yet it is nothing. It is nothing. And I wasn't gelling with the Scion system. It's a system. And a, I was already like shoehorning the setting a lot and mm. i was just like mm, this isn't working for me yeah i i came to a similar conclusion about the the scion system it is very loose yes it's like yes. it's incredibly loose like it's like it's amazing to compare it to uh trinity continuum mm-hmm. like because it's the same bones but in trinity continuum you can like what you can do is very well defined mm-hmm. whereas in scion yeah, you can do some stuff. Well, it figured out. This was the biggest like uh, point of like like friction for me was like it's a system that really depends on its setting to sort of merge and work with each other because the whole point of legends and like the outer narrative meta narrative of like you are in a heroic story and mm-hmm. you as the player need to function like you're looking down at, at a character mm-hmm. you had to kick a director approach where it uh it that can be hard and and the even even the gm has to keep these two thought patterns of like i've got to run the game and but also keep the idea of the story in mind at the same time and like just keeping them balanced um, yeah i mean it, it's a game that feeds off its own mythology and yeah I like Scion. I like it more in concept than I like in execution. Yeah, but that just means it's not it's not like it's still a good game. It's a game for people who want to play it. There are people who enjoy it tremendously. Go ahead and have fun with it. I still like it. It's just not something I'm going to run anytime soon again because I've tried twice and it just I start bouncing off of it. And uh, I've got a couple ideas for a game I do eventually want to run. But now I have like doubt about my ability to run. What am I even doing here? That imposter syndrome, syndrome yo. Yeah. Uh, so I better got a couple good ideas. Just because you didn't gel with the system doesn't mean you're bad at it. Yeah, I know. Um, there was a recent uh, Pathcast episode that was the design diary for Anima, which yeah. had me fucking jazzed. So we'll go right into the news since I'm having RPG depressive cycle with some news. Tell us a little bit about what you heard on Onyx Pathcast. Uh, so the Onyx Pathcast, they, like Eddie Webb just posted a like him talking about Anima for roughly an hour. Uh, <laughs> and it was good. Like it really, he, he, it's, it kind of gave us a, gave us a vertical slice of like, you know, because we had that interview with them where we really talked about Anima pretty, yeah. pretty in depth. Yeah. And then like, I'm just like, I literally, you can literally compare and contrast those two things of like, there's been a lot of development Mm -hmm. between Mm -hmm. then and now, and it's all been positive and really juicy and really cool. It's been polished. It's been gone through iterations, been polished up. I haven't listened to it yet, so I'm interested. And I mean, even more interested than like the polished idea is like how the theme and the themes have, have uh, evolved and developed. Uh, and specifically, because we had that conversation with them about it, like when we talked to them about it, we're like, yeah, this is kind of like one of the first big made-in COVID games. Mm-hmm. And yep. he goes into that, like Ooh. that that became like a prophetic statement uh, because it, it turns out that the 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 hell year of the pandemic really influenced the game. I can understand that, especially with some of the techno digital. Yeah. 
isolation nature mm -hmm. and like he networking. Said iso isolation became a very big theme. I am intrigued because it's also, again, since we've just had the Kickstarter for Adventure, mm -hmm. um, everyone, this is the first game in the Trinity Continuum that is not one of the big three. Yep. It is. It's a new iteration on on a piece of piece of time in the continuum that we've never really explored directly. Um, uh, and then uh, in a before that, they did a, a sort of a, a deep dive into Exalted Essence, which is incredibly interesting. Like, I'm not going to lie. Third edition didn't grab me like just I don't think it grabbed many people. The charm, the charms were too much like everything else about it was pretty much OK. But the charms just ruined it. Uh, but Exalted Essence seems like the Exalted Third Edition, you know, the once in future king yeah. of, of Exalted. Yeah, I've listened to that Pathcast. I highly recommend it if you're interested in Exalted. It seems like they are stripping away and taking very much a story, the story path approach, a, uh, an Onyx path approach to Exalted and going, okay, guys, we're going to trim as absolutely much fat as we can off this thing because we need something that people can play because we want people to be interested in it. And yeah, they've released all the books and the lunar stuff. Now they have said this is, they're still going to produce third edition books. This is not replacing, this is not fourth edition exalted, but I think it will probably be a very, if it gets a very strong showing, it may take over. It may take over as the predominant way of showcasing the setting of exalted uh, because rumor mill, uh, maybe by the time you hear this, the Kickstarter may have gone live for Exalted Essence. Uh, we don't have the Monday meeting notes. We haven't got, got an official announcement yet, but some buzz on Twitter has let me know that it's possible this Thursday, the day of your hearing this, day of a release, uh, Exalted Essence Kickstarter may be live. Yeah, no, it's setting light. It's, it's supposed to be a supplement to third edition. Right. Um, which that's fine. Like that's big, big, right. big sweaty content books, like lore books. I'm fine with that as long as like if we have like this really nice slim down bones of a of a system and you know who knows they might they might go for who knows how they're going to go for this I mean one way they could go forward it with it is you know they release a, a third regular third edition of book that has like an appendix of and here's exalted essence versions yeah. of this new content yeah yeah absolutely or they could do more exalted essence um supplements in and of themselves yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, isolated in the Exalted Essence perspective. It, they could be in parallel. Who knows? We'll see what they do. We'll see what we do. I'm certainly going to back it. I'm very intrigued about it. it. It's, you know, the itch to play Exalted has, you know, I've, I've, I've applied that Calamine lotion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but maybe oh, yeah, maybe yeah. it's it's maybe that Calamine lotion is going to wire off. Yeah, yeah. 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a minute and I'd like to I'd like to examine. I just also love the idea. It's like, no, no, we're making this from the ground up with basically the idea that you can have a mixed party mm -hmm. and everyone feels about the same or has their own unique niche in the group. And I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, that'd be cooler because there's so many interesting themes to explore with an exalted exalt, especially with the new exodus where yeah. you basically make make your own. Yeah, that that's super weird. I'm interested to see how that plays out. Mm -hmm. um and like the liminals and that like like there's all sorts of weird ass fucking yeah I, and I, I was super happy they were like yeah, yeah and the uh, and the infernals i was like yeah like it's all of them it, it is all, literally all of them i was worried a little bit that they were because i had been 
keeping track of Exalted Third's uh, third edition development, I was like, I was worried that they were going to leave those guys on the sideline. Yeah, they but, haven't really done an Exalted project. I mean, I think that there might also be like justification of like Paradox might be an issue there because Paradox owns Exalted. Yeah, yeah, they have to get permission on a whole yeah. bunch of stuff. So there, yeah, there might have been it. you know some some dragging of heels. Um, in other news, there's going to be a uh, Renegade is doing a World of Darkness convention. Um, or they're doing a convention in which they're having like a World of Darkness um, component to it because they're, yes. the, they're the ones that have gotten, you know, the license to do non-core books. Yes. Uh, which it still be, would be nice to know if Onyx Path is going to be able to do those as well because, damn, they do good books. I, I mean, uh, was it the, the latest book? Um Cult of the Blood Gods. Been getting really good reception. Like it's a very fucking great. Holy shit, it's good. Yeah, I haven't read through it yet. I have my copy. It's very good. Um, it's got the Hekata and yeah. Um, but I mean, obviously, we're all waiting for that spot book. Yes. Um, and they're working on it. <laughs> I saw something also. There's another convention that's happening. I don't think this is official, uh, but they're doing something called the World of Darkness Reunion. Oh, where neat. like they're basically opening up the coffins of all like the old white wolf people and like putting like putting them in a in a convention a virtual convention space and doing panels and interviews and they're going to be running some games. Oh, and... it looks like I got some content to consume because I I'm a I'm kind of a sucker for ancient RPG history. Like just, yeah. just the ability to just like what was going on because I was so young when that stuff was going on I didn't know about it. Yeah, we were young, and if we got into that White Wolf party at Dragon Con, then yeah, we didn't understand what was happening, but it, <laughs> it was fun. It was all just a haze. It was yeah. all just a haze. Yep. All right, uh, and Ryan, uh, some big old book about you know some. Vampire Hunter has come Va- out for D and D. Vampire Hunter Ricky, Ricky, <laughs> Ricky. <laughs> Vampire Hunter Ricky. I don't. It's... Now I'm seeing Rick from <laughs> Rick and Morty in a full. Wait, 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 were, you, were we blades in that one? That's super tight. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh my god. Yeah. So yeah, Von Richten's came out. I got the special edition, special cover one, and went through most of it at this point. I I love it. I think it's absolutely. I. I you know, I've said, I think I'm sure I've said this before. I'm not sure how they keep like keep me excited for books after six years, but I was very excited for this one and I wasn't, I wasn't disappointed. Uh, all the setting, I mean, okay. So the one, the one thing that was like, we have 30 domains of dread. I'm like, well, you got like 17 in a long list of paragraphs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but 17 isn't as sexy a number, I suppose. Uh, but basically each uh, couple of pages is a, a different domain. It tells the basic history of how that... Uh, okay, so also, it, talk, it tells you finally, what the fuck are, uh, is a domain of dread? What is the shadow fell? Basically, how does this shit work? Oh, good. And, and it kind of gives a, an overview of who's actually in charge of all this. And uh, the dark powers only get mentioned briefly in, in The Curse of Strahd, but having looked up the wikipedia articles on this this shit's all been written down before they just didn't have have only now just included it in fifth ed but the dark powers are just a collective of eh, something that like Mm -hmm. captures the worst of the worst it's they make pain factories it's really just pain factories that's Mm -hmm. all the domains of dread are and they just like let's make this wicked person let's give them the tools to be even worse and just see what happens and you know they make fake people and 
make some real people because they only have so many souls to work with. And so Hollywood, you're just describing yes, exactly, Hollywood. absolutely. Yes. <laughs> um, some eldritch beings decided, uh, but yeah, I've read through most of them. They've got lots of different flavors of settings. Um, a lot of them, uh, like one, one is like a climate change analogy because the mists because they're because their dreadlord died and the mists are retaking the world but no one fucking believes it's happening oh, that's <laughs> that, like, that's neat that's interesting and there's four and well what i liked about this one specifically is that there's like five different tables of four options each and it's just like here's what actually happened that caused the dreadlord to disappear here's like a way to save the place here's what happens when you do try to save the place and each of them is like so you could like roll 5d4 and have like okay well this is the path we're taking through this particular here's the meta of this of this version of it instead of one set meta you know meta plot it's like pick your own roll your own meta plot that's 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 very clever for replay value like oh i fucking loved it that was super clever it makes it even. It would make it even fucking spookier if you ran the same pl- ran them through the same place twice. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. Oh. Like, oh, you've saved the world, and it resets. Congratulations, everyone is still dead. Oh, that is, you can't just can't see my face, but that's super gnarly. That's such a bad but great thing. Is like, yeah, you saved it. Get do it all over again. Do it again. Do except it again. now everything you remember is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And it changes. Oh, sweetie. So, but Sorry. things are similar. Like you remember. Like th- some things are similar enough that you remember but it doesn't work exactly the same way well, yeah, also like the rules of the, the 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 basic facts about why the world is the way it is have changed so it's like you can't rely on the information you had to be good well that that, that that then the, then the game because like okay what's behind what's behind this right like what what, what is preventing this world from being saved what even though we went through the mechanics of going through saving it well okay so the one thing i don't really like about the domains of dread as written is that once a person is in them you will never leave there is no escape wish does not work wish does not function in the domains of dread interesting you cannot teleport you cannot you cannot communicate outside of them with magic that usually lets you do that planar jaunts don't work like yeah planar travels and no go you're you're trapped if the dread lord says you're trapped and the dark powers have no intention of letting you out of the shadow fell. So as written, once you're in, you're in. And I don't really like that. Like, I think that there should be, if it's hard to want to role play something, knowing that it's like, okay, well, I guess we'll never get out of here. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think that, that, that is a, time to edit edit the shit out of that and say like well right it's like no, there are ways. That you can say like there are ways you just you have to jump through some hoops well and also don't don't try to pull that shit with a level 18 wizard yeah like, <laughs> like, who just like oh my wish didn't work i'm sorry did i guess i'll just kill everybody like <laughs> yeah. i'm just gonna kill every person in this entire in this entire demi plan until the walls open up is that cool mm-hmm. with you? Well, well, is that well what one you of wanted? the things you're forgetting is the dread, like we know in, in Curse of Strahd, uh, Strahd can let people out. He has control over yep. the mists, which means you can get out. You just have to get the Dreadlord to allow you to get which out. Which is exactly it. Because And the Dreadlords, and interestingly, they in every entry, they have what happens when the Dreadlord closes the gates, mm-hmm. as it were, like they have an actual physical description of what it is like when the Dark Lord of the place closes it. 
Like, so in some places it's a physical thing. In some places, like the mists get thicker in one of them. Um, in one of them, it doesn't like stop you from leaving, but it modifies your memory on the way out that you were never Ooh. there. Ooh. I'm totally um, using that. That's, that's, the, that's the cosmic horror one. That's I've pretty been totally, good. Totally using that one. I, <laughs> yeah. I've been debating if I wanted to pick a physical copy of that book up, but I think I will because there's enough good nuggets Ooh, in it's there. It's a really good source. It's, it's a, a really good source. It sounds like it's a very good and one of the few like D&D sources currently that is like, this is a good example of making your own content. Here's right. a toolbox for making your own content. Well, before they ever go into any of the descriptions of the places themselves, they have an entire chapter on what is a domain of dread? Here are the things that you need to have a domain of dread. Well, first of all, they say, here's your Dark Lord. Make your Dark Lord. Who are they? Here's everything you need to be able to answer about why your Dark Lord is the way they are. Okay, now, based on your Dark Lord and the crimes they've committed in the world, let's make a domain of dread that would be a perfect awful prison cell for them mm -hmm. and, and you go from there so they spend time on that first and then they talk about you know they have a page devoted to each genre of horror horror sorry horror uh, ho my, i've got dry mouth because i'm talking too much but <laughs> uh yeah yeah they, they have like hey here's what cosmic horror is like here's why cosmic horror is scary here's why body horror is scary they have a uh, what's called fantasy horror or um mm. folk horror oh um, yeah okay yeah which is like dark whimsy kind of right. like oh the bag man's coming hang the bone all right you know you get it uh so that was kind of i've never heard it referred to that way before which i i kind of liked uh but yeah uh and also the all the new mechanics included are as usual strong not too strong and not game breaking in any particular way and very interesting. Yep. So they have uh, the lineages are all really neat. You actually have, we have ways of doing like, you know, the lineages for like the hex bloods and the damn fear and the returned, um, mm. which are basically just revenants. Oh, I, so I happened to look through because I do have access to it on D and D beyond uh, a notable vampire has been busy uh jandar sunstar he's a vampire elf jandar sunstar uh he's fighting his daughter his dampier daughter and i was like someone's been busy <laughs> yeah and the dampier are pretty interesting they get a bite attack that restores some hp and gives them like basically it gives them a little hp back and they get advantage on their next check when yep. they do a bite yep and uh it's based on your proficiency bonus of course and then the hexblood have really interest oh the hexblood have such an interesting ability called a personal personal totem or personal fetish or something yeah. like that where any hex blooded person can take a fingernail a piece of their hair a, like they can pull out their own tooth and like that thing is now a connected like a sympathetic item to mm -hmm. them so you can like if you're like a spy or something or want to scry someone, you can like tie a lock of your hair to their belt and it's like, okay, well now I can always just walk and follow you around. Ha -ha. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's remote viewing. They get a lot of like weird, like it's just weird. It's not weird. like they're very powerful. weird, which is really good. Like that's, that's the one. And then they have the reborn, which is, uh, did you want to play kind of a revenant? Yes. In your game? It's like you got killed, but didn't die. 
is yeah. really how the best way they explain it. It's like <laughs> you got killed, but you didn't die. Uh, you were too mad to die. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, some people were like played it more like uh, like Frankenstein's monster is a way you could play it, or like yep. a different version of a wow Warforged, like a different version type of a Warforged. So yeah, and then they have the Dark Gifts, which yep. um, were a series of a couple of sort of templates, like more like a, an extra little set of mechanics. I guess the heritages are more template than anything yeah. um, because they have different levels of what they replace on your character sheet. But the dark gifts are like, hey, you might have to take one of these on if something fucked up happens to you. Yeah. Uh, you can either you know take one on because like maybe a dark lord is like bargaining with you for some reason. You have to let them do this as a sort of hee hee they or just to, something happens. Yeah. To you. They seem to operate like blessings. Uh, that's in the DMG, but then they're a little more fleshed out, a little more customized. So they to... usually have a passive thing like that. You like, like a spell you learn that you can just cast this spell at will with no components, blah, blah, blah. And then there's always the downside table, which <laughs> is the, if you roll a one, some shit happens to you, like roll on this table to see what happens. So it's uh, it's pretty neat. Uh, I'm going to probably be using one of the one that is like you're haunted by a bunch of sh bunch of ghosts mm -hmm. because that's what I've been doing in Curse of Strahd. And uh, looks uh, looks pretty good. They Excellent. all look pretty neat. The symbiote one is really neat. Yeah, I was just looking at that. Yeah. <laughs> you got another guy in you. Yeah. Sometimes that guy says you don't want to die. It, what they look like, the darkest who look like very much good mechanical uh, story fodder. Like we yeah. are going to make something kind of personal to you. And this is going to be part of your personal story. Oh, and one of the other, th the, the, one of the things that I do like about the magic doesn't work the way you think it works in the, on the flip side of that is you get to theme the expression of magic to the place that you're in. Mm -hmm. And every place has a different thought process and how people will react to magic. Cause in some places it's common in some places, Oh my God, you're a demon. Um, and Oh shit. Also, yeah, and and all the dark lords have like weird abilities that they have in their domains. Of course. That, like all, that like no one else could do that. It's like crazy like insane stuff like the in the in Mordren, which is just the um Mordant, which is the Victor Frankenstein E setting. Dude can just like brain swap you. And you just get brain swapped. <laughs> he has if he gets if he can work on you he can he can head he can head swap you brain swap you any kind of swap yeah very cool very cool so i i i, I was looking forward to van richten's but you kind of sold me on like getting actual physical copy it's a really it's pretty a, book too. yeah it's a very like, pretty book it looks good there's a lot of good good resources in there because that's what oh I yeah want. and the bestiary was actually pretty good too yeah they've got like they got their version of slenderman which is uh and, and you know, honestly, keep people keep saying he's Slenderman, but actually, like, if I had to make my guess as to what the uh, what the Bagman's uh, yeah. true thing was, it's Bloodborne. Yeah, because mm. there's a guy in Bloodborne called a Bagman mm -hmm. who will who looks exactly like this thing who will beat your ass into submission, put you in the bag, and take you somewhere, someplace you don't want to go. It's really not great. It's not fun when it happens. Uh, they have skin kites, guys. They, oh, yeah, they do. Yeah. And they have the Star Spawn Emissary, which is a really, really good big bad. Yep. Yeah, they do. It's... They have a lot of cool operations in there as well. Um, yeah, so very good. Very good. Very cool. I'm super happy about that. I got to pick a copy up. Um, as for other news, uh, there isn't a super mount. Uh, there is really interesting. There's a 
short story narrated by Benedict Cumberbatch. That's a Driss story. So that's yet another hurdle that we're that nerddom is breaking down, overcoming. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, we got some more magic cards for Avengers and Forgotten Realms. We've got Loth. We've gotten Drist. We got uh, Burner. So yeah, Drist, my boys. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah. Heard about that? Summer Drist. So yeah, they did like a short. They're doing like a short animated thing uh, of Drist. I I mean, I get. I imagined it would be. Yeah. Uh, no thoughts. No idea on what the actual television show is going to be about. No, they're still working on that. But it, obviously, this is all because very soon uh, was it? Uh, Baldur's Gate Dark Legacy is coming out. Oh yeah, Dark Alliance, Dark, Dark Alliance, Alliance, not Legacy Two Dark or Alliance. something. Yeah, I'm still waiting on like the full game of Baldur's Gate Three. Like you and me both. I was literally as you were, <laughs> as you were saying that, I was literally typing in Baldur's Gate Three to see if it had actually, if they had officially released it. Nope. They haven't. I think they're going to do it in October. If I, I would love made. that because I would love to play a game like that. I would love to com- play a com- pay for a completed game. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. You know what I don't do? I don't give people money for early access games. That's it. Depends that's, on the game. Like I don't. I've been playing an early access game that's yeah. just been eating my time. Late June is uh, the uh, Dark Legacy, Dark Alliance video game for console, which has obviously got Drist in it and the entire co- the companions. All those folk. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was the the like the fighty game. Yes. Yeah, that's more yeah. the the, the so gauntlet. Mash X to fuck Panther. Oh yeah, Almost. don't you fuck that Panther. Don't you that, fuck that's that like that's a cutscene. That's like a cutscene after you've like 100 percent completed the game. It's a quick time event. L one, L one, L one, L one, L one. Press triangle square X to fuck. Ro- rotate the thumb pad. Rotate the thumb pad okay. slowly. Slowly. Uh... Yeah, it's, oh no, you have to use like the touch the PS4's gross touchpad. Yeah. So, like, oh no. All right, we'll stop. Uh... <laughs> That's as far as that joke should go. That's Bye guys. Awesome. Everyone hope everyone enjoyed the show. Go roll uh... some dice, I guess. Hello everyone, Matthew here. If you enjoyed the show, you can always contact <laughs> yeah so we're gonna Sorry. so we're gonna head right on into the main topic i'm going to start off by saying we love our patrons here in polyhedron yep. i reached out on the discord which you should become a patron so you can get on the discord I reach out and go guys what are some things you would like for us to talk about and you guys didn't disappoint us you gave us a whole bunch of new ideas we talked about a few of them we're going to start working them into the show and they're going to become topics so look forward to that so the first one tonight is a very interesting topic it is about what about a game requires a new iteration or a new edition like we're going to talk about like the basics of that like the idea of why do we get for why did we go from advanced dungeons and dragons to 3.0 to 3.5 to 4.0 to 5.0 like fifth edition why did we do that well sometimes the company needs to make you buy the books all over again (laughs) that's a big one true true underestimate greed what was that Never underestimate greed. No, no, no. Well, I mean, it, it's it's a combination of greed and like the fact that, like, if if you if you like new stuff, then eventually, like, there's no point in making, like, it, it, you got to reiterate. You have to iterate in order yeah. to to yeah. to continue being a company. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we can. I mean, we can look to D and D 
for mm-hmm. like our 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 main pillar you know the two big ones vampire and D. there's the answers might be pretty clear as to why the new additions happened for those mm-hmm. um every time it's happened it's because it got bloated and dumb like it got bloated yeah. crept and power creeped and stupid yeah and it became unreasonable to continue you know trying to fit new stuff into it yeah that's those are all like iteration i mean the company companies are companies and then you generally like to make money they got to feed their employees somehow even if it's like one or two people so a game will need to be me made again in some warm and fashion as ryan said bloat happens there's just too much supplements that's that's absolutely what happened three and three five which is just so much content that a new player was it was very daunting to get into the hobby because the core book didn't really encapsulate what the game had become anymore you needed three or four books just for to be a player to really sort of like see the entire game well as it also became. fifth ed they were decided to have a laser tight focus in terms of like setting yes and stuff they weren't trying to introduce any set like fifth ed is trying to do for the most part like you get a setting book like that's its thing but it, it sticks to forgotten realms mostly like yeah. it just it stays in the forgotten realms or rel- realms adjacent coach. type stuff and stuff that you can easily combine with the forgotten realms mm. or use any mm. old place and mm-hmm. that's or- another thing setting bloat it's not just mechanical bloat it's setting bloat the setting gets too big look at vampire we can we'll hop over to vampire before it fell before you had the end days the time of judgment that's an extremely expansive setting something you it would be very hard to get your hand or head around just as a new player if you tried yeah. to see a lot of it Yep. Well, yeah, just to try to know anything, like for like to try to have any grasp of what's happening, especially if you're like a new person sitting down with like a bunch of old heads. Mm-hmm. Oh, thing, it's like, oh, what a fucking nightmare. Or, yeah. you know, or even just, you know, a bunch of new people. Like people or even who, a bunch of new people where it's like, just like. Just, uh, yeah. The fifth edition is the game to play. If you are a 100% new person and you're playing with mostly new people, it's just, it is. It is. It streamlines everything. It recontextualizes everything into a modern context, mm-hmm. and it makes it, you know, a more approachable game. All yeah. of that old stuff is still there. Like that's one of the beauty things about role playing games. The, the the base level tech is books in your imagination. Yep. And those never go. Those never go out of style. You yeah, can the, always pick up the old stuff and and you know mix it and use it. Even when all our brains are uploaded to the mega network. Oh, that's when it'll be super easy. Yeah, yeah. Then we just bring them to life. I mean, our imaginations will be 100%. Great. That'll be great. (laughs) I hope I can afford the data plan. I don't know. (laughs) That's good. Yeah, we'll work on that. Oh, that just makes me think of Upload. Yeah, yes. Oh, such a good show. People need to watch it. They're making a second season, but it's it's slow. Yeah. Um, Another, I mean, I think probably one of the more legitimate reasons is that like all technology, game design evolves. Yes. Yep. Uh, and new and interesting ideas get brought to bear from all different sources. And eventually there's sort of like a threshold gets reached of like, okay, there's all these new ideas. And in order to make, in, in order to make what we have use all these ideas, we've, you reach a point where you just can't, you have to stop hacking things in 
yep, and yep. you have to restart by incorporating the new the new technology from the ground level. Well, ex- you know, when you're developing software, they t- uh, one of the things you're supposed to plan for is what's called extensibility. And extensibility mm-hmm. is the ability to append to the system without major changes to the system. Mm-hmm. Like you don't where you don't have to hack your shit in. And you they yeah, I mean it's it's but that's any system, right? Like any large system especially, and you can work that into role playing like they had an okay system for D&D 3 that was, you could add stuff to it, but the number of things that were available to tinker with were just too many. Mm-hmm. Like you could change too much and have too many different options about what something did. So it tesseracts on itself. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's like a video game that gets over modded. Like you have so many mods that it's, almost a different game or it's so expensive you don't know what's affecting what and your game starts doing weird things in front of front of your eyes as you're playing yeah there becomes like it it becomes like a card game and that there's like this ever-evolving meta yes. uh, because yep. there is there are a contingent of role players out there that are all about the mathening and like yes. the 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 <laughs> the efficiency engine uh, of yep. doing doing weird things with your system. So I had a funny a funny experience when we were playing Strahd. I was explaining the um the how you get the modifier on a stat in D right. yeah minus ten divided by two round down. Yep. And our our friend basically gave me the same formula, but for a number that w- but it's less like broad. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, you didn't have to play when your stat could be thirty seven. Understood, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when I played D&D back in the early, you know, in the aughts, um, sometimes your strength could be, your stats could be into the 30s and sometimes get to 40 if yep. you're stupid. And- <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's in, and so these are all viable reasons of why a game needs to iterate. Um, and as we've all said, sometimes it's just time. Like as in, there's been so much time since the first iteration to the modern modern era you have to iterate because the designers are gone the mm-hmm, people who mm-hmm. did the original version of the game aren't there anymore their perspectives are not there anymore and a modern audience has modern sensibilities and you've got to if you want to be relevant in the industry you've got to iterate you've got to develop your game so people pay attention to it the trinity continuum games are a good example of this that was a dead game yeah it was a dead game you know that that you know it it was in you know its license you know got batted around a little bit with the tides of white wolf um and then you know onyx path came into existence and they made the bold choice to just work it from the ground up Mm-hmm. And they really had to because it was it was a game that had not had a lot of support. I mean, you know, Vampire, D&D, you know, all the games that, you know, have from that era, Shadowrun, they had had pretty consistent support, whereas this game had its first edition uh, and then had a, you know, a slight detour into, you know, the, the hell that is D20. <laughs> um, we never speak of that. But but for the most part, it just sort of lay fallow for a while. Yes. Uh, and to bring it back, they needed to to completely reiterate it. And that's another thing, another reason you'd rate entirely new company. Yeah, like and like it, they needed to differentiate themselves enough and really like reinvent the the game 
to a modern audience because it's a new company. Um, and obviously they love the game. And so they mm-hmm. wanted to make it, it good. And so they took their time and they developed it. Um, and now we have the Trinity Continuum as we see it today, which is doing very well. I very think. well. Um, yeah. I mean, and then you have game like you also have the Kickstarter phenomenon. Yes. Of, right. um, yeah. You know, and, th- and that's that's another, you know, uh, when a game it's more along the lines of does a game need a new third a new edition or does the game like deserve a new edition is you know if a, a kickstarter is a great way to prove that yes yeah a kickstarter is like very much you know finger on the pulse of hey we want to do a new edition of this old game will you give us enough money to make it happen? Is Hell there yeah. Enough, yeah. Is there enough attention to it? Is there enough fan base that could support a game line? And what's interesting with the Kickstarter model is now no one has to back the money and then hope it does well. You get a very, everything's front loaded, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, we're going to do this book, like the Trinity Continuum book. And then we're going to add some stretch goals that are going to give us maybe one extra book and a little extra content here and there. Mm-hmm. But essentially, it handles the line, but they get a nice chunk of money up front, and it lets them go. Okay, there is blood in we can, this vein. We can pay people. We can the pay people thing of all to make sure they're paying these creative people for all their hard work. Yes, yep. absolutely. Oh, I heard the craziest little stat the other day of RPGs, as in total, like in 2019, I think, only took in 80 million dollars as an hmm. industry. Like, and that includes Watsy and DD and everything, where like board games are like in the 400 millions. And like, like wargaming is like a little bit like 600 million or something like that. How about them 2020 numbers? We'll see. <laughs> that we'll those 2020 that. numbers will be a little higher, <laughs> a little different. A little also, stuff. it really depends. Like, do you consider is roll 20 like is roll 20 counted in there as a, system, as a thing? Is DD like what? who counts in that particular pool yeah i need to i need to look that up but anyways that was a sort of a digression of uh of of looking at because we're talking about the business side of things oh and also uh as a as another digression it doesn't have anything to do with whether a game will be like the impetus is not the reason the game gets remade but it's a nice bonus you get to take all the racist stuff out yeah yeah you get to take all the change racist and sexist and And all the weird just, just weird outdated just shit that nonsense. doesn't matter anymore. Just weird nonsense. Yeah, I mean, because games are part of cult, are an expression of culture in many respects. And and when D D was first developed, who developed it? What was the perspective of the people at the, the, the time developing it? And then they only had so many iterations, so many people looking at it. And now we're here, and there's a lot more eyeballs on it. Man, I'm sure that I've I've told this before, but when we ver- we picked up Curse of Strahd, Murphy was looking through the re- just the reviews just to see like <laughs> what people had to say about it, and there was only like one one star review for. She's like, okay, well, I have to read what they said about the one star review of Curse of Strahd, and it's like some be like. I love Dungeons and Dragons, but I don't like all this SJW stuff that they're putting in there, <laughs> and I'm just like, what SJW stuff is in the Curse of Strahd? It's like. What it's like? Oh, like, that yeah. they unracist the Vistani. Like, what are you? What are you upset about here? Yeah, don't take a look. Don't look at a uh, uh, Strahd himself too hard. You start seeing some really bad things. He's a bad. Well, dude. I mean, he's a bad guy. He's I supposed mean, to be a bad guy. Yeah, and horror. You're allowed to be have bad people, and you're not 
and it's okay. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, but it's actually okay to ask to have your villain be a total monster, but have like two things that are empathizable with so that you don't just hate watching them the whole time. It's crazy. I know. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, it's, but no, uh, Curse of Strahd does not uh, tell you that it's okay to put women in a basement. I don't know. <laughs> Nor do the the publishers. If you're agree taking your morality session. from Curse of Strahd, you have deeper issues, and please seek professional help if you're able. But it's mostly just like what SJW stuff, like oh that there are people who are gay in it, like that there are non binary Yeah, like there's a non-binary person in Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. Ooh, use they them pronouns, please. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the, the, the people who get upset about this are a fucking disease. Yep, like it's just, it's just baffling. Like why, why, why? There's so much other stuff to to pour your energy into. Why pour it into being like a retrograde nonsense asshole? Because it's all because it's all socially connected, and they think that's the real problem. Yeah, they think they're in a war. Yeah, but anyways, we're we're, we're digressing a little bit too much, so let's get back on topic. Yeah, but absolutely, hundred percent. Cultures change, times change. You need to iterate up to date with the culture. Yeah, and also, in some respects, the imagination, uh, the original imagination of a game, needs to take into account because you have a game that's set that was made in like the nineties, and now you have a game like now. Let's think about Shadowrun let's think about the iterations of Shadowrun and going wireless technology, everyone. Yeah. Because Shadowrun, yeah. when it was like first, first two editions didn't have remotely anything thinking about like remote digital interface for the matrix. Mm-hmm. But as third edition in later years came, they incorporated the otakus and wireless interfacing with the matrix, even on like a pseudo like natural way of iterating with a, the, uh, a digital landscape into the game because technology, real world technology influenced the imagination and just the practicality of the world. So they needed to add it because if you played Shadowrun back in the day and you played it today, you'd be like, why can't I just pull up my cell phone and, call someone and yeah like this ain't D where like you had to magically create a sending stone that only has a one-way walkie-talkie thing yeah like this is like man i got this thing i use it all the time (laughs) (laughs) yeah so there are obviously there are many many reasons for a game to get a new iteration Um, a lot of it it's just like i said bloat get too much stuff going on both mechanically or setting wise and you need to slim it back down because if you don't get new people in your game, if your game is not approachable, you're going to quickly, within a couple of years, have uh, have have a dwindling, a negative player base rather than a positive player base, a growth base, as it were. I mean, oh, but we can talk a little bit about this because we are talking about iterations and additions. That also means when you get a new iteration and addition, things will change. You will just have to accept that concept and try your best to work with it. Even if it's a game you used to love, you're like, ah, this game is perfect. There's no reason I should ever play anything different. It's like, "Mm, give the new one a try. It could be give you insight into something that you've never thought about before because it is different. It has different minds went into it. 
and it could be I, very good. It could be very uh, also it could be not good. <laughs> I feel like one of the the ancillaries to this topic when we talked on the Discord was like, "Hey, what version of a game should I play?" To my answer would always be, "Man, new one. Just yeah. use the new. Try the new one first. It's probably the best one. Like, so not not exalted, but you know, like, <laughs> yeah. There there are a few notable modern cases, but very small number of cases where the newer edition." By by at least us and not other people is considered less than than what it should be. Right. I'm not saying it's like the it's like bad or like anything. What I'm saying is it's inaccessible, and all of Exalted is inaccessible. That's kind of the problem. Like it's a great game <laughs> with a great story and great ideas, but it's completely inaccessible. Which is why I would always tell anyone to try the newest edition because usually part of the evolution of a system is into towards accessibility for new people it's why yes. D is doing gangbusters right now because it's accessible af <laughs> this system needs to be the books have to be extremely readable the every concept needs to be written out in plain language because oh my god i've been playing a lot of war games like war games lately the rules are dense oh my god why do they write words sentences like this you gotta have them edge cases yeah, I know. Yeah, but, but I mean, you know, having written technical documentation, there are ways to write out edge cases that aren't uh, semicolon sentences. Hmm. You know, you can do if bullet then points. They, then this fighter does X, Y upon the enemy fighter. And I'm like, no, just say you can shorten this. Maybe, down the new, maybe because page count isn't as big of a deal now. If you don't like maybe your war game doesn't have like a printed book that's like you have to put the press. You can just be like real, real specific with your ridiculous this rule. is all gw stuff this is all games workshop stuff so they do you got to get it all printed so i don't know it's just it's education it's trying to be very specific language like hyper specific because mm -hmm. they know people if they play it any other I've way played I, I mean i've sat through an apocalypse warhammer 40k game i saw everything i needed to know about that game in that 10 hours <laughs> <laughs> Oof. i saw yeah, like i saw how better. people don't act right I saw rules <laughs> lawyering. I saw yep. those two things mostly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is a little bit better nowadays. Oh, but I'm regardless, sure. Yeah. But every game, every sort of entertainment that you kind of have that has rules or some iteration are going to have new iterations and they're going to be different. And but they're generally on an upward trend, at least from my perspective. Things have only ever really gotten better for the editions, not worse. <laughs> Um, and sometimes you'll get what quote unquote new editions, which are actually just whole new games. They took an idea and they went instead of going up, they went left or they went right as from a from a perspective, from an iteration perspective. I like new editions. Oh, yeah. yeah. They get yeah. Me, they get me pumped. Like I, I get I super. Like new editions a lot. I mean, I get chuffed for like new for the new D&D &D books. But like if they told me like we're going to do a sixth edition, I'd be like, OK, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Let me buy it all again. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I know, I know, sales drop off when a new edition gets announced, but I swear, it, if your game is good and it has a really good following, it can only like curve the game upwards in interest. I think if you get a new edition going, yeah, I don't ever, I don't see sixth edition being a thing for another four or five years. No, it won't be. We'll get a five. I think within two years or so, we're gonna get a five point five. Like we're gonna get a essentially a new player's handbook. That's fine a, if they want to do yeah, a revised PHB. Handbook. Like with all the yeah. errata and slight yep. tweaks and adjustments, 
like all all the shit from from uh, Xanathar's and Tasha. Just combine and... all that shit into one book with all the spells. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Not not a full edition. Not enough to where there's enough changes. And not actually, that's that just reminded me. Um, generally, games when they iterate, when you get a new edition, there's going to be some substantive change between the pre the previous edition. Um, generally, new books or errata come out. To, to tweak an existing system, but a new edition is like, we are not whole clothing it, but we are going to, you're going to, see, it's going to look like a different game. There's going to be enough changes between it that this is going to be dissimilar or not compatible with the previous edition. I mean, like, look about, look at what happened in the late era of Exalted Second Edition. Oh, uh, when like the the scroll of errata oh. became like a multiple hundred this ever expanding thing and the it ink was monkeys. mandatory like you had to print that bitch out and play with it at your table like yeah because it just they, they there was so much work done on like updating the core mechanics and like the machinery of how everything works and it was a genuine improvement on yes. on things and it did make it run better but it's a it's an extra book that you have to like have next to your book. It isn't a book. Yeah, it's that isn't yeah, a book. Yeah, and printers weren't like whole... being able to print out multiple hundred page PDFs isn't like a thing that everyone could just do. It was a... yeah, it's it was a whole it was a patch. It was basically like here's a patch to your game your video it's made game, of paper guys. and it's a patch it's made of paper, but it's there and but you have to process it because it's important to making the game run smoother. But a whole new edition lets you incorporate and start from the ground up and go, okay, let's keep these problems from happening from the get-go so you don't need a 100-page PDF to actually make the game, you know, function smoothly. Yep. Yeah. So I think that's what we said on uh, iterations and additions. Again, thank you very much, patrons. So from everyone here at Polyhedron, go where your fun is. Roll some dice. Hello, everyone. Matthew here. If you enjoyed the show, you can always contact us at polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com, as well as at polyhedroncast on Twitter. And if you want to get in touch with me, I'm at Divis Melkab on Twitter. And I'm at Arjuus, R-J-U-O-U-S on Twitter. And if you really want to show your support and get some extra content on the side, head on over to patreon.com slash polyhedron.